Welcome to Closing Time, conversations on the legal and technical aspects of commercial real estate, presented by Capital Rivers, the industry's leading disruptor. Our host for this episode, Scott Toussaint. So I know another issue that we identified was in a purchase and sale contract is the buyer's contingency removal, which I think is is actually that's a great example of a of a hidden issue that's so um, so interesting. Just briefly touch on that the the difference between active and passive contingency removal. Yeah. So uh, generally, a commercial purchase agreement will have either active or passive removal of contingencies. And what that means is um, if it's active removal, essentially the language in the uh, contract is worded in a way where in order for a buyer to be deemed to have removed their contingencies and usually as a result, their um, earnest money deposit becomes non-refundable, they have to actively in writing state that they are removing their contingencies. Uh, And if uh, they don't, then it's deemed that they have not removed their contingencies. That's active removal. Uh, As um, the other way it may be written in the contract is passive removal, where silence is deemed as acceptance of the property as is, or not acceptance of the property as is, but silence is deemed as a removal of contingencies and an indication that the buyer is uh, willing to move forward to closing and is ready to waive contingencies. That's important, especially when you combine it with the notice provisions. So it's important to realize that, uh, you know, what is the language in the contract? Because you want to make sure if you have to give written notice, that's given. So it's an important thing to, uh, you know, look at in contracts. Yeah, no, and and is, uh, for example, is email an accepted method of giving notice? Will a notice given by email be deemed effective notice? And then you get into the, the, the deadline date for giving notice, and obviously the active versus passive, become, that, that becomes a very relevant uh, examination if you've got, uh, if you, for example, if you've got to actively accept or reject contingencies in order to have your decision be be honored you need to do it timely especially if there's a time is of the essence clause in your contract that makes it makes it absolute i'll tell you one that i i had recently on a shopping center purchase that that we're doing we had to exercise an extension by a certain deadline the contract i believe has a time is of the essence provision so the deadline will probably be strictly enforced if if our seller elects to do that. And we had to exercise the extension by a certain date. Email notice was was permitted. So we're able to do that and just do it on the deadline date because obviously that's instantaneous. But what happened was the the extension deadline was a certain number of days. And then you counted back 10 business days from that it was an original closing date that you could extend. That was the extension of the closing date. It wasn't a contingency extension. It was just the closing date. But you had to count back 10 business days from the, the originally scheduled closing date in order to determine when your deadline was for extending that date. And if I hadn't used the right internet day counting program 
to calculate that 10 business day period, I would not have realized that Cesar Chavez Day was a state holiday in California, which under the contract constituted a non-business day. So in effect, I had to count back 11 days or one more day than I expected originally to determine what my deadline was for giving that extension notice. And now I don't know if my my seller would have enforced the enforced the contract literally, but they probably could have successfully done so. And so if I'd missed that that one that one hidden non-business day, that state holiday in California, which under the contract qualified as a non-business day, then I would have missed the deadline um, and potentially lost the contract, which was i think it it was a $150,000 deposit at that point so yeah. <laughs> it's yeah you bring up a great point you know that's why um when you're dealing with calendar days or business days that becomes really important and uh, you know a lot of contracts i see they all have calendar days for a lot of things and business days for some some clauses so then you have to differentiate you know are we dealing with calendar days or business days and you know if it's business days then you really have to look at what's the definition of business days you know yep. is it, does it exclude the federal holidays or does it exclude state holidays holidays or is it left ambiguous <laughs> yes exactly so uh, you know those things become really important then you really have to dig dig deep and look at the definitions and count and make sure you're counting properly also like you said the, the email notice uh, that's an issue too a lot of times people may assume that they can give written notice via email and then they turn around i've, I've seen this happen before and uh, the other party may say hey your notice was invalid because the notice provision in the contract doesn't allow you to give email notice. It doesn't give you that right. It's not stated as a viable way of giving notice. Yep. Notice must be given via overnight courier or via first class mail. And then, it, you know, the definition may be, you know, when is it deemed delivered? If you do send it via first class mail, right. the date of mailing or, you know, three days after mailing. Uh, yeah. So those, you know, the notice, notice provisions become very important. Yeah, absolutely. And what what this all reminds me of is a mantra that that I repeat a lot, which is that ultimately it is far more important than anything in your contract who the other party is, the party on the other side of of your contract, and just whether they're reasonable, decent folks or not. To me, is is actually much more important than anything you say in your contract because at the end of the day, something's probably going to go wrong, and no matter what what you do, and this is I'm I'm arguing against our profession here, but uh, no matter what you do, you're ultimately going to at some point probably rely on the decency of the party on the other side of a transaction. And uh, what we're talking about here, all these fine points and things that can be easily overlooked and missed, you want to dot all your I's, cross all your T's, have a good lawyer. But ultimately, I, I think as important, if not more than anything, is just the nature of the party on the other side. And uh, so hopefully when you run into a problem, you're dealing with somebody, a good person on the other side so that you don't uh, you don't have these things come back to bite you. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Uh, it's a very good point. Uh, and the other thing that sometimes com- comes up is when you're going over these uh, purchase agreements and, you know, making sure your client is fully protected. Some things fall into the category of um, 
legal issues and then business issues. You know, because at some point, you, it needs to be for a successful transaction, usually it requires uh, business decisions along with analyzing the legal risks and so forth. So uh, it's a fine line between balancing both to make sure the transaction moves forward in the best way between the parties. And, you know, your, your client gets the intended uh, desired result that they want. You yeah. Know? So it's, it's a balancing act. You know, you have to protect uh, your client with uh, you know certain language in the contract, but also allow enough flexibility for the parties to get the deal done too. So, couldn't agree more. That's absolutely critical, and yeah. sometimes uh, us lawyers forget that. <laughs> <laughs> well, great discussion, Sean. I totally appreciate it. Best of luck in uh, your new law firm, which I'm sure is going to be immensely successful. And uh, thanks everyone for listening. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you for downloading Closing Time, presented by Capital Rivers Commercial. If you're interested in partnering with us, visit CapitalRivers.com to learn more. And follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram for the latest updates and real estate opportunities.